Good afternoon, everyone. Today we are recalling the crucifixion of our Lord. To help us in our remembrance, we are using an order of service which is based on the medieval prayer service called tenebrae, a Latin word meaning darkness or shadows. Good Friday tenebrae is not a liturgical funeral for Jesus, marked by gloom but a solemn service of reflection, intercession, and adoration for God's Son as he offers up his life as the Lamb of God. The seven lights. These candles in the altar railing represent the seven saying of Jesus from the cross. After some of these sayings, corresponding selections from Isaiah 53 are spoken responsibly. These words were written hundreds of years before Calvary and yet they accurately professes the suffering and death of Jesus. And now I'm asking you to please fill out the worshipers card, the yellow card for the member and the guest. After you fill it up, please put on your offering plate. And also please remember we have a special Easter services, 7.30, 8.45, and 11.15. And in between services, we'll have our Easter brunch. Our worship starts with invocation printed on top of page 3. Let us worship in the name of God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our first hymn today is hymn number 125, When I Surveyed the Wondrous Cross. Silly's hands 
that were spread wide in blessing and nailed high on a cross to cancel the death of our sinful deed. We find forgiveness in your love and hand of our Lord. The salvation you have given to us has made us unafraid of death. For when we shed these earthly tents, you will give us permanent dwelling in your eternal kingdom. Your hands provide all that we need in life and in death, O Lord. Now we invite the first and second graders for singing Amazing Grace.
loving words of forgiveness. As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the childless women, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. 26 years ago, my father called me when I was living in Southern California. Now, there wasn't anything unusual about that because my parents often called, but they usually called on a weekend because they could save money with weekend calls. But this was a Monday night. But I wasn't home, I was away at a conference. So when I did get home, there was the message on the answering machine that he had called. But there was no sense of urgency in his voice, so I thought, I'll give him a call in a couple days when I'm back. Well, the next night, my brother called and said that my father had passed away. You know, sometimes when people know that they are dying, they have some important things to say to others. Jesus knew he was dying. And he had something important to say to us because he had something important to do with his death. This evening, or this afternoon rather, we're going to be looking at the seven words that Jesus spoke from the cross, meaning seven statements. But I would just like to look at four of them. Now, if you heard what I said and you saw the screen, you're saying, oh, pastor, you don't know how to spell and you don't know how to count. Maybe you should go to this great, great school. But the words I want us to focus on are words that have that syllable four in them. And we just heard the first one when Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. Don't know what they are doing? What? Of course they know what they're doing. Those were the best of the Roman soldiers out there. They had done crucifixions before. They knew all the methods, they knew the routine, they knew what had to be done. 
They knew what, what happened to that victim on the cross through that torturous death. They knew about the dreadful pain, about the terror, the ridicule, the shame, the ebbing away of life. No, they knew what they were doing. And they know that, and they knew that Jesus didn't deserve it either. They heard how the Jews had just turned on him. They heard about the women wailing on the parade going through Jerusalem as they were carrying those crosses. They knew he did nothing wrong, and that was the truth. Jesus never, ever did anything wrong. Not in any action or word or thought or desire. It wasn't in his nature. And they heard the crowd ridiculing him. And they were probably just laughing all the way through it. No, they knew exactly what they were doing, Jesus. And so did everyone else in that crowd that was there. The leaders, oh, the spiritual leaders. They were there because they planned this whole thing. They plotted for it. They even paid for it. They were happy. They were smiling. They were loving all the jokes now about Jesus. Because finally, they could get rid of him. They knew what they were doing. In fact, one of their leaders just a few days before had said, it would be better if one man died for the nation than for all the people to die. And he was right. So why would Jesus pray for their forgiveness? How could God possibly forgive them? They knew what they were doing. But how can God forgive us? We know what we're doing too. Many times we know what we're doing when we sin. It's not that it's all unknowing and catches us by surprise. Sometimes we even plan it. Many times we enjoy it. And a lot of times we don't even care about it. We know what we're doing too. In fact, Jesus was on that cross because we we're sinning. And yet, Jesus prays for us as he did for them. Forgive them. Do you realize what he's asking to be done? What the scriptures say forgiveness is. He's saying, Father, throw their sins away. Father, take them and drown them in the depths of the sea. Father, take those sins and throw them behind your back that you don't see them anymore. Father, just forget them. Don't remember them anymore. Why would Jesus pray that? For them and for us. Because that's what God does. He forgives we call it grace. 
undeserved, unforgiven, um, unearned, unconditional love. For everyone. Even for the worst of sinners. And I'm not talking about those two guys who were crucified with Jesus. I'm talking about me. A pastor who's dedicated his life to serving Jesus, but who sins. I'm talking about you. People who love Jesus and worship Him, but sin. He forgives us too. forgive? How can he just erase everything on that record? How can he just look the other way? Here's how he can do it. Because he looked the other way when his son was on that cross. He no longer loved Jesus because Jesus was made sin for us. That's why Jesus cried out, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And that's a word we need to remember. Forsaken. It's a Hebrew word that meant abandoned, left behind. And that's what God did to his son. The word in the Hebrew, sabachthani, kind of reminds me of the, the Hebrew word Sabbath, which was the word that God used to name that seventh day after he had created the world in six. It meant rest. It was to be a day of rest for us to enjoy our fellowship, our relationship with God. And now we really can. Jesus died on a Friday, and in a few hours, it would be the Sabbath, the rest. Because God had forsaken sin. There's a beautiful song that puts it well. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted because you were condemned. I'm alive and well. Your spirit is within me because you died and rose again. Now when you consider all these seven statements of Jesus, you hear the words forgiven and forsaken, but you know what? There is not another word that has that syllable for in it. But there is a beautiful truth that Jesus speaks, which can be summarized with this word. When he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. It's forever. Jesus went to be with his Father forever now. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. Forever sin has been conquered and death will be too. Forever heaven is opened for us 
because of his prayer to forgive, because of the actions of the Father to forsake, you and I also can pray, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit forever. I don't know what my father wanted to say to me when he called me for that final time. But I do know the words that were in his heart. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. I know that because the pastor had told me at his funeral that two days before when he was in church, and that was his custom to be in church on Sunday, the pastor remarked to him, you know, you're walking kind of slow these days. And my father said, I'm ready to go home. And he was ready. Forgiven because Jesus was forsaken. You and I, we're ready to. Forgiven because he was forsaken. And now we have forever. This is our opportunity now to express our assurance that Jesus has forgiven us. We invite each worshiper to come forward to put a nail in the cross, expressing your assurance that Jesus has died for your sins. After the ushers have passed by your pew to take the offering, you may then stand up and go to the center aisle, and then come down the center. There are two baskets here. You may take a nail from the basket and place it into the cross, and then you may return to your seat. The pastors will go first to demonstrate how we do it.
Now we invite the kindergartner to sing. This loving word of assurance. The people stood watching, and the rulers 
even sneered at him. They said, he saved the others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him, which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there heard inserted him, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Please join the responsible reading. He was despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrow and family with sorrow. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we seen. Now we must have seen the great three, four, five, how deep the Father's love for us.
Please listen to Jesus' loving word of concern. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his cloth, dividing them into four chairs, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said, they divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple, whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Now we join to sing the hymn number 119, Were You There? Jesus' loving word of comfort. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, 
Why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, Listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled the sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. Please join to response reading. Surely he took up our infirmities. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. Now invite the great six, seven, and eight for singing the Lamb.
Please listen to Jesus' loving word of fulfillment. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. While we sing in the congregational hymn 268, we give our offering to the Lord. Please rise and then go back and be prepared for the offering after our sixth reading. They did already? Sorry, I confused. <laughs> Please listen to the loving word of victory. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they sucked a sponge in it put the sponge on a stock on a hyssop plant and lifted it up to Jesus' sleep. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. Now we sing him 105.
Please listen to Jesus' loving word of confidence. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the woman who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Now we sing the hymn number 319, All My Heart Imprint Your Image, we sung softly as our prayer. Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man, who had not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock one in which no one had yet been laid. One light still burns. Death and the grave shall not hold our Savior. Our death of sin is paid in full. Christ will triumph. So following the benediction and the departure of the Christ candle, we ask our worshipers to leave the church silently in humble commemoration of our Savior's agony and death. Please let the kids go first. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Amen.